0: This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We thank God for this time of year as I prepare, have been prepared by God's Spirit to share a brief, encouraging word with you this holiday season. We pray for God's wisdom. God, we thank you for the wisdom of your word comes from the Holy Spirit. He is the revealer of the truth. And we're thankful for health, life, and strength here today to join with our friends. And we come in the name of Jesus, and God is love. We thank you, Lord. We want to abide in the love of God as we search the scriptures and find eternal life. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we are, live with you, and I'm thankful for each and every one of you. And I thank you for the last time we were here. Some of you said you would be praying for me. I hope you kept your promise. Amen. Is anybody here from the last visit? Thank you. Thank you. Amen. I know that you are loving people and that you will keep your promise. When I was a younger lad down in Florida, I used to hang out, as some of my teen peers would say with the old folks, you act old. They told me. But you know what? When I went to the quote unquote older people, they didn't look at me with a scornful face and in competition. You know how teenagers can be. They compete with one another. I visited a farm where there were chickens being raised, and I wondered why those middle aged chickens had barely any feathers. They were plucking each other and the farmer said those were the teenage chickens. And they were plucking each other. So this is why I didn't hang out with a lot of teenagers when I was a teenager. Because I didn't want my feathers plucked. Amen. And that's why I love Jesus. So I went to him. He was my confidant, my friend. And he said, come to me, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yea, I will not pluck your feathers. Amen. I thank God for Jesus. You know the... Uh, Old Testament has a lot of prophets who have chronicled in the annals of time, which we call the canonized scripture. Um, we thank God that we're going through a sermon series at the church, and we're uh, worshiping here with you today. This is our worship service for the day. We said we'll share it with our friends. Amen? Amen. So uh, we thank God That last week, we were talking about the prophetic teaching of Haggai. He's a prophet in the Old Testament. And now, we move forward in the progression of the books of the Bible from Haggai to Zechariah. He is also a prophet in the Old Testament. He is chronicling and heralding the prophetic message that Christ would be born. And in this message, I want to bring out the fact that Jesus is our shelter of eternal hope. Our what? Shelter of eternal hope. We know that life could bring many storms, right? Especially the tumultuous adolescent uh, time of life that I uh, so endearingly described from my childhood, my biographical sketch. But I thank God that he brought me through those tumultuous years uh I have some I have some emotional scars and bruises but you know what God already prophesied that in the garden of Eden when the enemy himself deceived us into thinking we could worship without God and we'll still remain alive We didn't die physically immediately but we did die spiritually immediately And now everyone born after Adam and Eve are born and shaped in an iniquitous state, in a sinful state, because the gavel of heaven fell and we were found lost and guilty in in the decision to move forward without any kind of admonition from God, without any permission from God, without a commissioning from God. We must seek God for everything we do, and all thy ways. We ought to acknowledge him, and what will he do in return? He will what? Direct Direct our paths. And life has paths. Mm -hmm. This scripture in Zechariah, the second chapter, uh, verses 10 through 13. I'm reading in the English Standard Version, which will help us with our more modern grammar. Uh, It says, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. That's the people of Israel, because God came first to them as a touchstone, but then he said, you know what, I'm here for the whole world, amen? He had to touch down somewhere. So, old daughter of Zion, for behold, I come and I dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. And Lord is spelled with all capitals, that's Jehovah God Almighty. And many any and many nations shall join themselves to the lord in that day and and shall be my people and i will dwell in your midst and you shall know that the lord of hosts has sent me to you and the lord will inherit judah that's uh the people of judah who uh, exemplify the praises that go to god so the lord will inherit judah and his portion in the holy land And will again choose Jerusalem. He says in verse 13. Be silent all flesh before the Lord. For he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. And we know God comes from his holy dwelling on high. The holy place in the eternal heaven. And he comes down. He makes himself lower than his own angels that he created just so that he could put on the flesh of men and incarnate and become one of us. But he is yet remaining a 100% God. Mm -hmm. He had to be because the uh, tainted blood of man could not save lost man. It had to be uh, a spotless type of blood it's the holy presence of god's spirit amen so imagine blood being the holy spirit the holy spirit came upon mary the young maiden and she brought forth a son and they wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger mm-hmm. because there was no room for them in the hotel around the corner they were supposed to leave the light on motel 6 messed up amen But that's okay. Six is the number of men. They're going to mess up anyway. Isn't that right? Amen. (laughs) But God says he has a promise, and he's going to keep it. It doesn't matter if men are saying there's no room for Jesus. God is going to make a way. Yes, he will. God never promised that he would always... Uh, bring forth happiness in this world. You know why? Because sin rules and reigns right now. It thinks it does anyway. But Jesus is going to crack the sky and come and show all of his glory. You have to know him right now by his spirit. Yeah. And then one day when he comes and reveals himself completely, he, they, they said it in the New Testament rightly, uh, we shall know him for we shall see him as he is. Right now we hear him as he sounds we feel him how he feels but then one day he's going to come back and we shall what see him as he is but you got to get ready right now it's an inconvenient time because not everybody wants to say it's a good thing you have to know in your heart that god has touched you and no one can take that from you amen no scornful face can turn me away from Jesus. I didn't care what teenagers scorned me. I said Jesus has touched me. And one of my favorite songs back in the day was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There is something about that name. Shakespeare said in one of his plays, you know, what's in a name? You could call a rose a different name and it would still smell sweet. You know, but uh, sin is going to be sin. You could call it whatever you want. It's still going to what? have a stench in God's nostrils. I don't care how you pretty it up, how many A pluses you get on your report card, and all of that, you will still be lost without hope because you have not made yourself right with God. We have to make ourselves right with God. We're born not right with God, but we have to get right with God. Yes, Yes, there is an, an age of accountability, and that could differ in every person, And we kind of uh, average it out to around 12-ish. But we know that kids are growing up faster than that these days. I think the age of accountability has lowered its range. Because I see little girls I teach in the elementary school, my God, they have certain trainings on their body that shouldn't happen until they reach maybe junior high school. Something's going on in our society. Is it in the milk? Is it in the water? I don't know. Is it coming from the media? I don't know. Maybe it's in Facebook. we got to take a look. Amen. Thank God. But where it's coming from, we know that children are now becoming wickeder and wiser before their time. And they're knowing about things they shouldn't know of before the time. And God is showing forth this in the Word that there will be a time where people will love pleasures more than they love God. And we live in a tumultuous time, and the New Testament describes it as a a perilous time. And God is yet in this uh, storm showing forth that he is going to be our shelter of eternal hope. You have to rest assured in him. Three things Zechariah teaches us. Number one, we should learn from other people's mistakes. When uh, a mistake is set forth, God doesn't hide it. Oh, a lot of mistakes are in the word of God. We see people making mistakes in their life. Does God hide it and say, King David was the most precious and perfect king in all the world? No, David messed up badly, and God chronicled it. Adam and Eve messed up, right? God chronicled it. Does God hide The sin like that? No. He wants you to know what sin does, what it is, and what it does, and what it can do to you. So that now you can make a better choice. Why do you have to make a better choice? Because God gave us free will, and we have the free will to make decisions. But we need to make the right decisions. We need to learn from the Word of God that everything God showed us people doing is not necessarily the right thing to do. That's why there are some scriptures that say, you must adhere to the truth, and the truth will what? Make you free. It'll make you over again. Not only that, you must uh, avoid evil and adhere to that which is good. I was on a field trip one time, and they were, we were passing by churches on, on the bus, and um, one child pointed, oh, that's my church right over there. And uh, Mr. Jackson, you said you go to a Christian church too, right? I said, oh, yes, I do. Even though it's a public school, I can say, yes, I go to a Christian church. They can't arrest me for that, can they? Amen. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> they asked me on the field trip, and I said, yes, I'm not going to deny that. Amen. And one of the parents scoffed me and said, oh, that's that strict church. Mm. And I said, well, you've got a point. I strictly adhere to what God wants me to do. Amen. <laughs> Thank God. And this is what we ought to do. We should learn from other people's mistakes. Zechariah taught us that. Zechariah also taught us that, number two, we should take care of people in need. Jesus wants us to do that. Learn from other people's mistakes and not make the same mistake twice. And also that we should take care of people in need. We have a testimony of how God delivered us, how he gave us peace in our heart. And when we see someone with a tumultuous heart full of fear and trembling, we ought to provide some kind of equity and grace, wherewithal and love to cause them now to come to the light of Jesus where there will be a deliverance from that. God needs us to have a breakthrough where we don't have to live our whole life like that. God wants us to Amen. be separated from our sin. Isn't that great? Sin is like incarceration and Jesus came to free us from that. Amen. Amen. And Zechariah, one last thing he teaches us. Three, that God sees when people are mistreated and he will right every wrong. Isn't that great? God came to right wrongs, thank God. And I'm thankful for this prophecy in Zechariah as it is showing forth the truth of God's word. It tells us of Christ and the great redemption God has won for us through him. And Zechariah is filled with an unusually high number of striking promises that are ultimately fulfilled by who guess who Jesus isn't that great Mm -hmm. so yes he is heralding to us in ancient times that Christ would come to right wrongs The Lord himself wants us to share his compassion for the needy. We need to develop the eyes of God. God has eyes of compassion. And if we see someone in need, do we pass by them, step over them, and say someone else is going to take care of that? Uh, God forbid. Amen? If God gives us, amen, any kind of faculties or any kind of substance wherein we could help somebody else, And he is prompting us by his spirit that it is a a safe thing to do and that he has commissioned for us to do a specific, certain thing. We ought to do it. Amen. For the day you hear his voice, the Bible says, harden not your heart. We should share the love of Jesus. Thank God. In our faithful conclusion, I just want to leave you with this fact. Don't forget, Zechariah, the prophet, leads us to ask for eyes Of faith. Amen. Holy faith. Thank God. Not just faith that you trust this chair is not going to mess up and drop you down to the floor. That's a type of faith. But I'm talking about the eternal faith. Trusting in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Amen. And forget not his promises. That he, amen, told us in days of old. Every one of them is fulfilled and will be fulfilled. The ones that haven't yet will be fulfilled. Christ is due to come back. Amen. But now he's not going to be born in a a virgin. Amen. He's coming back as king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. And we need to be on his side. I don't know about you, but I like to win. And I thank God. God said, if you, want, you want to be a winner? Come on, my son. This is the winning side." And I wondered why that big L was on Satan's head. That meant loser. Amen. And the little uh, second graders I teach, they do that to taunt each other. They call each other loser like that. You know, they put the L on the forehead do a little loser dance in front of them. And it makes them want to cry and they come tattling on them. He called me loser. No one wants to be a loser. So, yes, it's true. God did not build us with the DNA to lose. He even created our bodies to work to heal themselves. Isn't that great? You put a Band-Aid on there, I'm stuck on Band-Aid, because band aid stuck on me, that old commercial. And you peel it off, and lo and behold, God's Band-Aid already did something. It shut off the blood and made new skin come. Isn't God great like that? After winter, we see the dawning of spring coming again. That's new life coming again. God is giving us signs in our body, signs in nature that there's going to be a renewal. There's going to be newness of life, a new heaven, a new earth. Will you be ready to meet him when he comes? God wants our hope to rest assured in him. Our hope should be defined by the internal work of God's spirit working on the inside to help us to have that sustainable character of eternity that Jesus came to give us. It keeps us constantly stable through all variables of life. Why, because Jesus is our shelter of what? Eternal hope. Thank God, thank God. Won't you rest assured with me in a praise that God is my keeper god is my right hand my shield my buckler yeah he's my holy stronghold god will keep me those who have faith now to believe why don't you pray this prayer with me father god forgive me for the doubts i've had earlier i want to rest assured that my soul will belong exclusively to you i pray that anything that's a hindrance In my heart and in my mind. That you will now cause a renewal of faith by your spirit. Let your living spirit live and abide in me. Come in my heart, Lord Jesus. I invite you on in. I feel you knocking at the door of my heart. Yes, come on in. Do a transforming work. Renew my thinking. Cleanse me of sin. And renew my heart. Give me a brand new heart so that I could love the way you love. For God is love, and in him there is no darkness at all. This is the season to shine lights brightly. Why? Because the Son of God, the light of the world, is coming back. And I I want my, my life full of that light, the light, the eternal hope of God in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for setting me free of my sin, saving me from the penalty of sin, and from the powers of sin, one day when you take me to go to heaven, or if you crack the sky and come and return, and we join and meet you in the air as the Bible teaches, I want to be then saved from the presence of sin forever. I want to make it in with you, Jesus. I trust you. I believe you are my eternal shelter and hope. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I pray that some of this prayer, if not all of this prayer, has been received in your hearts. Why don't we also celebrate the life of Jesus? We have communion elements here. We pray they be blessed. They represent Jesus' body being broken for us. He took the penalty of sin for us. It had to be a God-man. The only one who could be the God-man from heaven is God in the form of a son named Jesus, Yeshua, our Savior, our Messiah. You had your body broken down, skin broken up, oh, and your heart broken, Lord, and blood, the precious blood of Jesus that heals and delivers and sets, sets us free exemplifies our freedom from sin. And we come together in this worship assembly with these elements of communion to know that Jesus is yet alive. And I'm alive in my heart and soul because of him. He came to renew me and give me freedom from sin, power to live right, power to think correctly according to the will of God in Christ Jesus. Someone say after me, hallowed be thy name amen you know what that means that we don't want our life to bring a disdain on the name of god we want to represent him correctly so yes our father which art in heaven what hallowed be thy name bless these elements lord as we share them we know that you rose again to set us free from sin's, sin's power forever in Jesus' matchless name we thank you and celebrate you hallelujah amen amen of the realm of agape christian church pray that the holy word of god has richly blessed your soul to send prayer requests use the contacts page of our website www.roagape.org we need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.